This is Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two feet before we nursed. Listen, Laverne, shit face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard, everybody. It is the Barbecue Central Show, and we talk about really cool barbecue and grilling-related items. Maybe they're not cool to you, but they're cool to us, so suck it! Maybe you're like, I've just tuned into this show for the first time ever. I can't believe this guy's gone 60 minutes about barbecue and grilling-related topics. And he had a guy named Meathead on. Who? Maybe that's you. Pull up a chair. We got a better hour coming up. Boing. Well, I don't want to say better. We got just as good of an hour coming up. And if I have anything to do with it, maybe a little bit better. How about that? Let's go. 216-220-0966. You can also email me by going here. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Dan H. is watching this show on YouTube. 65-inch screen, Polly. Dan, man's game. Don't forget... You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on the Instagram. Thank you in advance for the follow. I believe I'm bringing you some kind of value in the feed. It's food-related. It's barbecue-related. Every once in a while, it's fun and frivolity. Also, the same handle on Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Of course, Facebook, if you're watching the show here this evening live, you knew how to found it, slash BBQ Central Show once you type in Facebook.com. And just like the page, and you can watch this show, the live video feed, right on Facebook. If you don't like to watch me, I get it. You can also go to TuneIn.com. Actually, the best place to go is the main website, the BBQCentralShow.com, and then right at the very top, three big blocks, a YouTube Live, a Facebook Live, and then the audio stream only. That means you don't have to look at me, but you're getting the same content that you would watch only in audio format. That's how the show was intended to be. The show used to be called the Barbecue Central Radio Show. I don't have any idea why I named it the Barbecue Central Radio Show because it was never on the radio. It was internet radio, and I don't believe that internet is radio or anything like that. That's why it's called the Barbecue Central Show now. That's why I yell at people when they say, it's the Barbecue Central Radio Show. No, it's not. It's not on any radio. It's not. It's just the Barbecue Central Show. But you can get it. How it was meant to be, no video, only your mind doing mental tricks and artistry by going to the tune-in portion. If you click on audio-only stream or live audio feed, whatever the hell I have it up there as. And if you follow me socially, you could have seen my almost partially viral video of the honey bacon meat church rub I put up yesterday. And that brings up a weird point or a a point, a, a line of demarcation and or delineation. You know, it's weird where the ages of participation from your kids fall off. So when the honey bacon rub showed up, I immediately masterminded what I thought would be a incredibly contrived and funny and horrific minute or less video because that's the time frame you have to live in on Instagram video that would involve some of my kids 
And I pitched the idea to the 15-year-old, and she looked at me like I was an absolute freak show for even asking her to think and consider about taking part in this video. She did not. My 13-year-old ready to go. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I want? Take a shot at my good side. She's she's down. So a two-year discrepancy, at least at my house, the 15-year-old wants no part of it. The 13-year-old can't get enough of it. And the 17-year-old wasn't in the house. So I can neither confirm nor deny her participation level, or at least what the interest level would have to have taken part in my contrived video. Which, if you missed it, let's go to the website and take a look. That's me screaming. Here, I'm running. I'm running. Very excited there. See? Oh my God, Marley, look what I got. Hurry, hurry. There it is. Now I, I launch the rub at her. She's very excited too. Now she's running. Now we're in the kitchen. Oh, now, oh, we're fighting over one. Wait, there's two of them. There's two of them. Now we're rolling on the ground so happily. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, how about that? I mean, can you possibly imagine the minutes upon minutes of thought that I put into that? (laughs) Well over 20,000 views on the Meat Church Honey Rub impromptu video. I mean, you never know what's going to take off, right? But I had a feeling, because I saw so many reposts by Meat Church and what was getting reposted, I wanted to be... Part of that, I wanted to use Matt Pittman's social media experience and exposure to my gain. That's right, Matt. I used you, but it was give and take. I produced an incredibly poor, contrived video. As John Dawson is saying, yeah, it's viral, as in syphilis Uh or gonorrhea or herp. Because once you see it, you can't get away from that. So I got a bunch of new follows. And Matt got a very averagely produced, very contrived, Meat Church Honey Bacon Rub video. You're welcome, Pittman. You're welcome. Let me ask you this. Do you want some straight-up knowledge? Do you want me to let you in on the world's biggest little secret that you may or may not know about? If you're talking to someone, anyone, wife, husband, co-worker, friend, centralite, podcast listener, a gonorrhea sufferer, because they just watched this video, anyone, and they utter the key phrase, It's all good. Let me tell you something. It is anything less than all good. It is anything but. Not only is it not all good, it's all bad. All of it's bad. Never for one second, under any circumstance, you're in a work situation, you're in a home situation, a personal situation, pumping gas, getting confections at the corner, bakery, whatever the case may be, getting barbecue from Sam Jones at the Skylight Inn while he's singing country music and fighting fires. If you're there and that's happening and Sam Jones looks at you off stage while he's killing an Alan Jackson classic, is that a country singer? And he says, it's all good, head for the hills. Because it's not only not all good, it's all bad. And things are going down. Run away. Immediately question everything that has happened before and certainly everything that is going to happen after the key phrase, 
it's all good, is uttered. It is never all good. 100% of the time, if somebody says it's all good, it's not. It's not good. It's bad. It's really bad. It's probably friendship breaking bad or I'm going to divorce you bad or we can't be friends anymore bad or you're fired bad. You screwed up at work. You're trying to get over. You're trying to make amends with the boss and the boss says it's all good. It's like the baseball coach getting the general manager's vote of confidence midseason and then he gets fired the next day. Backyard barbecue show on the Instant Messenger telling me, Remps, don't worry. It's all good, bro. No, it's not. Jason's probably sending me some type of an email infection right to my hard drive. Stay away. Stay away. Be very afraid. Folks, I want to sit here and cause a panic. But if you hear it's all good, consider everything to be all bad and start looking for ways out. Because it is not all good. It is all bad. Really bad. Ted Conrad from Fireboard coming up out of the break, but I want to talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru who has always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy, because it can be. Especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. I've been talking about it for months now. Are you on board yet? The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. That's right. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pitmaster. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. I've actually locked down Bob Trudnack and Barbecue Hall of Famer going into the Hall of Fame this weekend, Tuffy Stone, in upcoming weeks to talk about their great European barbecue trip of 2018. Mo Case uninvited? No, he can't. He'll be in Australia, forget it. However, in the meantime, you can visit bbqguru.com and check out all their products. If you have any questions, please call. Don't guess. Call and get those questions answered, 800 800- 288-GURU That's 800-288-GURU And they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Special announcement, if you already have a Guru pit temperature controller and you get a monolith Guru or a monolith grill, you don't have to get a new controller. Just run the controller leads right down to the fan and you're off and running. How about that? Now, if you want to get the latest in tech... Certainly up to you. You want to do that upgrade? Go ahead and do it. BBQGuru.com or 800-288-GURU. The good folks at the Barbecue Guru continuing to be breakthroughs in barbecue technology. Fireboard creator Ted Conrad coming up out of the break. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back. Giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at by the Twitter and Instagram at BBQ Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, this portion of the show is being brought to you by Smithfield. Hey, committed cooks, make sure you head on over to smokerwithsmithfield.com and report your first place prize winnings. Have you registered to compete for the American Royal Pork Loin Ancilla? Might be too late. It's taking place this weekend. $6,000 purse if you signed up. Get it done at the American Royal website today if you can still do that. And then, of course, 
couple weeks from now, the Smithfield Classic, which will be in Richmond, Virginia. That is September 29th. So uh, hook up with Jesse at Big Papa Smokers to get that done. That's Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E, at BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, the past two weeks, I'm sorry, I am in the wrong outline. There we go. My next guest, or first guest in the second hour, continuing to make the mark in the smart-slash-connected wireless thermote uh, thermometer market. I was happy to partner with them earlier this year, 2018, as they come on as a show sponsor. And it's been a bit, uh, but <laughs> it's been a bit since we spoke last. So here to catch us up on the products and the company, uh, founder of Fire Board Labs, which is the company that creates the Fireboard. Ted Conrad joining me here on the show. Ted, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. Great. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Ted, appreciate you joining me here on the show. Do I uh, not have a camera on you this evening? Um, I could certainly turn that on. Let's see. Would you? Uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see, see what here, happens. Greg. Who knows? Crazy things could happen. Here we go. There he is. Oh, you want to? You on your? You on your phone? Yeah. Look at you. So, are you uh, on the road? Or are you just milling about the countryside estate, or what's happening? Well, I'll tell you, Greg. We have been busy, honestly, all day, starting to prepare for the American Royal. Yeah. So we have been out running around tonight trying to get uh, trailers together, trying to get uh, parts and pieces. <laughs> so we're going to be rolling out there Thursday morning. We're going to start setting up. So are you going to be uh, are you going to be out there, Greg? Uh, I will uh, continue to have my streak of not being at the American Royal. <laughs> now at least yeah. the 10th year in a row. But, uh, you know, at some point that, that may or may not change. But, you know, a lot logistic things and... Uh, honestly, aside from, uh, and I want to get into the weeds here with uh, with the business of the show, but uh, I mean, from a you know meeting some sponsors that might be out there and getting to see some people face to face. I mean, it's you know one of the biggest events each and every year. There's going to be a lot of people that are dialed in, and they want to make sure that their cooks are going to be going right, and they probably don't want to sit there and have me all up in their face while they're trying to get the thing situated. So it, it almost yeah. makes from from a logistics sense, um, while it's nice potentially for some FaceTime uh, with me and some people that I've talked to only on the internet uh, or maybe have just had on the show and not been able to meet personally, uh, having a couple days away outside of the weekend and then being able to come back in a week's time from now and recapping the event and the weekend almost lends itself to a little bit better of an interview for me. And it's not uh, helping me legitimize myself or the show anymore being out there. I mean, as I said, would it be great to be out there? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I also have this thing called a day job, which, you know, and these kids and all this other responsibility, forget it. So gotcha. if I could get away from all of that, then uh, the, the American Royal would certainly be right up there on the top of the list. So um, we're yeah. going to we're going to do a little catch up on Fireboard here in a second, Ted. But um, as you know, today marks 17 years since the terrorist attacks in New York City, Washington, D.C., of course, the third plane that never made it where it was supposed to be going, widely to believe the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., which ended up crashing uh, just outside of Somerset in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And I asked Meathead when he was on the first hour, and I wanted to start with you in the second hour here and asking the guest, you know, what you recall about the day and kind of where it sits with you 17 years later. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes without saying, of course, I mean, we, we all really do need to remember, you know, and yeah, my kids, our, our oldest kid was born in 2009. So, you know, I, I feel like I've got to, as they get older, kind of explain what happened. And, you know, you want to, you know, impart that history, I guess. But, you know, it's an interesting, I remember that morning, I was uh, on the way to work, listening to, it was an AM talk, talk news station or something. And it came on talking about how, you know, some accident, some plane had got in there. And what was interesting, Greg, I actually had been – so before I started Fireboard, I was in the finance world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in New York mid-August, and believe it or not, I met up with a friend of mine, and we went up to – it used to be there was a, a bar up on top of one of those towers. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were there about about two and a half, three weeks before that. And I was just – when I heard that on the radio, I was just shocked. I was like, holy cow, I was just in that building. Wow. And um, – and of course, as the news played out throughout the morning, I mean, it just became, you know, just a, a terrible situation, even, you know, to contemplate. But I remember 
looking up, coming out of the subway right there at uh, World Trade Center, looking up at those buildings, just thinking how amazing those buildings were, so tall, um, and that little plaza area out there. And then, you know, throughout that day, all I could think about was just you know, the people I ran into just a few weeks ago. It's like thinking about just just the, the tragedy. So definitely important that uh, we remember. I think it's important we teach our kids. Um, and obviously, it's just important that we honor everybody that we lost. Ted Conrad joining me here on the show, uh, founder of Fireboard Labs, the company that makes Fireboard, which is a hotly coveted item and uh, a prized piece for the people that actually own it. So before we talk about Fireboard here, the other thing I wanted to mention, and I guess a bit of congratulations in order for you and the team over at Fireboard, as you are awarded a 2018 Amazing Ribs Pitmaster Award. So I'm wondering, uh, what does that mean to you? And I assume that's a, a pretty nice get for you guys. Yeah. Well, you know, we couldn't be happier to, uh, to, you know, to work with and just to have, you know, Meathead and, and the, their whole, their whole, their whole support team behind us. I mean, they've, they've done, they do amazing work in terms of reviewing equipment, um, taking a look at really what's going on, um, in the barbecue world, the equipment out there and they've, they've loved their product. I mean, honestly, one of the first people I got in touch with when we launched Fireboard was Meathead and, um, he was interested in it. He's been incredibly helpful, just even talking about you know business questions, talking about the barbecue industry, food in general, and so it's been great to have them on board. They're they've got a great uh, a great site. I think they he does a great job with helping educate people, um, and tons of people find a product through his site. So I mean, it's 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 really nice. I don't want to dive too far into the weeds in that process, but. And maybe it's hard for you to to give a, an opinion since obviously it's something that it's uh, beloved from the folks over at Amazing Ribs who actually do the reviewing, and then you have a pretty fervent customer base as well. But if Meathead got a hold, if you got a hold of Meathead, you you send them a product, and I'm sure they get a lot of donated stuff to test. That it's not something they're buying. I'm not saying that they don't not buy stuff, but I'm assuming a lot yeah. of that stuff is donated in for them to test. If he would have called you back and said, "Hey Ted, you know I got to tell you it's." really kind of a big steaming piece of crap and there's 20 different things wrong with it. There's no possible way that I would ever give you uh, a, a reference or a, uh, a suggestion that people would buy this from my website. Is that something where you would be like, ah, screw you, this is my baby and I'm going to go home? Or, or would you really try and explore where his pain points were and see if it's something that you would uh, like to work on given who you're getting this feedback from? Well, I mean, I th- you know, that's probably... I, I maybe give you a, a BS answer, right? <laughs> but I mean, I think honestly, w- anybody who's who has a critical comment. I mean, we've had comments from. Well, I will say we have lots of supportive people, lots of people that really like the product. But you know, you still get comments from people that are, whether they're they're picky or whether they just have maybe a knack for technology, um, and they they have an eye for a certain feature that they really want. So, I mean, that stuff is great. I mean, I think we have to incorporate. I mean, in fact, we're working on features in the next couple of months. Hopefully, they're out. And all those features are basically from people who have used a product and they said, hey, this, this is great. We like it. But we want to see this stuff on there, too. And we want to see this feature. They'll make it better. So, yeah, we, we want to continue to keep on adding on and, and creating new features. So, I, I say if there's any critical comments, just just bring them on. <laughs> Ted, the economy is robust. Whether you're in, you know, manufacturing or, or whatever type of business you're in currently, in manufacturing specifically, you're also typically reliant on suppliers in the Class A truck world, which is where I live. Between you know eight and seven, eight in the morning, seven p.m. at night, uh, all of the OEMs, uh, Peterbilt, Kenworth, Volvo, Mac, at the mercy of part suppliers and their what appears to be inability to keep up with demand at this point, causing trucks to be pulled off of production line and waiting literally for months on end for one or two pieces in order to finish up before they can get shipped out. Is that also a pain point as you trickle down into your business? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, like you said, I mean, the economy is hot, you know, so there's just more of everything, right? And in fact, the automotive industry, if you think about, if you buy a car today, think about the amount of electronics that are embedded in that car. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got all sorts of things. I mean, it's you know, many, many factors of what it used to be. And 
and not to bore you with you know some of the the electronic details, but these uh, small components called capacitors. I mean, believe it or not, I mean these are things that are almost like specks of pepper. I mean, they're so small, and you know they they were literally fractions of a cent a few years ago. And now they're still not expensive, but now they're maybe three cents or five cents or seven cents. They used to be, you know, like point one cent, and so and the reason is all this all the you know supply has been gobbled up by the automotive world primarily, and then just in general all these other devices that are being manufactured. I mean, there's connected devices all over. So that has thrown a wrench into the whole supply chain. I mean, it's it's difficult. If we were to say today, we want to increase our manufacturing by about two or three X, we literally couldn't do that overnight. We would have to wait to get more components with all these lead times. So we have to plan ahead of time, obviously, and you're in the same world you know, that we are, but just with different parts. But yeah, you've got to really be smart about how you're securing your supply chain. Um, but we've got some great, great partners that are, are helping us, working with us. You know, we're trying to make the best estimates we can. You know, I mean, obviously, we're coming into the holiday season, so we're we're gobbling up parts ourselves and trying to get ready. So, <laughs> uh, Ted, let's talk for the people that might just be tuning in for the first time tonight or they aren't familiar with Fireboard just yet, a quick overview of the product itself and the different ways it connects, what it allows you to do as you uh, get into the barbecue and grilling lifestyle. Yeah. Well, so we we built this. Um, the main feature is just that it's cloud connected. You know, you, you take this thing out of the box, you turn it on, and it connects Bluetooth to your phone, which means literally in the matter in a matter of seconds you're connected to this device automatically connects and then you just type in your wi-fi password so through that bluetooth connection the fireboard comes online and once it's online it'll connect to our servers and then it's basically cloud-based so you can leave the fireboard at the house you know it's monitoring your cook you can go to home depot i mean you can go back to the office you can go to your kids games and you can watch everything from your phone um, so it's really meant I me mean, at the, at the heart of this was something, just a product to make life easier. You know, cause I found myself, I was doing a brisket or, you know, some sort of cook and I would be out, you know, running around town. I wouldn't have any idea what was going on, whether, you know, the, the grill was at the right temperature and where the temperature of the meat was. So I can kind of extrapolate, you know, what time it's going to be done if I need to make any adjustments. So this simplifies all that. Um, so that's really the core uh, the core of what we've created, but it's a six channel thermometer. So you've got a ton of, of flexibility. If you want to monitor a lot of stuff, uh, you've got the flexibility there. We also have the control side now, so you can control a fan, um, you know, maintain, I mean, my green egg, I mean, you can just lock it in. I mean, it's just literally right there two twenty five the whole time. So we're just, and we're continually coming up with more features. Um, I've got a great story at some point to tell you, hopefully on these new new probes we've got. Um, but yeah, we're continuing to innovate. Uh, more stuff coming down later this year and early next year. So that'll be fun. Hopefully some fun surprises for everyone. <laughs> I love it when my guests come on the show and tease, but they can't announce. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part. Did you realize you know, early on, because there was always, I remember when I first got into it, you had... You know, the, was it they called like the radio frequency or the radio transmission? So it was like the Maverick style thermometers and they were like the big craze and how far could you yeah. get away and is it going to go through 10 walls and all this other stuff? Did you realize that the future of this was going to be cloud based? And if you didn't have that licked first, I mean, Bluetooth sounds great, but I think uh, distance kind of sucks in that regard. So in order to really stretch out, there was going to have to be a, a different connection point in order to make this a highly successful option? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what started everything, Greg. I mean, I've always kind of been a technology guy, you know, so I've loved this stuff. But when I got into barbecue, you know, I had a Maverick, and, you know, it's a great thermometer, but you were limited by that, whatever it was, 30 feet or 50-foot range. Right. And um, and I, I basically kind of wondered to myself, I'm like, there has to be a product that, just connects over the internet to the server and I can check this anywhere. And I basically looked and looked and I really couldn't find anything. There was a few things out there, but they were really kind of clunky. Yep. And um, so that's kind of what, that's that's why we're doing what we're doing now. 
What's the Fireboard commercial pricing option? What does that mean? Well, yeah, good question. You know, we we started Fireboard, and again, it was the main thing was from the cooking and the you know the retail side, the consumer. But then we immediately thought of the commercial potential, and we're still we're still digging into that. I mean, we have a lot of grocery stores um, around you know the region. We've got food production facilities. We've got a a really great cheese company up in Sonoma, and they they use our product to monitor all the stages when they're when they're doing their food processing, um, especially the cold storage. And you can imagine, I mean, any restaurant, um, grocery store, they've got a ton of of costs in their inventory. So the commercial pricing is really just a, a notion of you're running this twenty four seven three sixty five and storing all that data and having nonstop real-time access so that the consumer for what they're doing like you know barbecue and even for that matter a guy who's every single weekend doing stuff that it's still cloud still free to use but the commercial guys we've we've moved to ten dollars a month when they're just doing 24 7 365 from a price point just normal consumer what are we looking at to get into a fireboard yeah so the basic kit is 189 and that comes with three probes. And then we have basically a fully loaded kit, which we call the Extreme Edition, which is 249. Uh, and that has eight probes. So you've got six food probes. That way you can load up all six channels with food if you want. Um, you can kind of mix and match. You can do four and two and whatever. But uh, six six food probes and two ambient probes. Ted, the past few times you've been on the show, I've asked what the end game was. In other words, if a, if a Weber or some other big name in the industry came a knocking, would there be a sell point? But let me ask the question in a different way instead. Have you been, with the success and now the longevity of the Fireboard, have you been approached about selling out or, or what's your buyout number because we really dig it and, and we want it? Yeah, we've had we've had one discussion nice. um and we've had, you know, some other discussions with companies just in terms of trying to partner. Um, and, you know, I, and again, I don't not not to try to avoid answering. I, I just simply think there I think there's some guys that start companies with the goal that they're just going to sell. And that's really not, I think, where we are. I think if somebody came by and they were like this really we, we love this, we're going to, you know, buy it for this. Are you interested? I, th- I think obviously you're going to take take a look at it but i think i mean we're interested in, in in building cool technology and solving interesting problems and as long as we can keep on doing that and we can keep on innovating and building a, a nice little business i mean i i think that's great american royal invitational and open taking place this weekend obviously you guys are going to be hanging out out there what do you look to get out of this weekend yeah well that's that's another great question it's a tough it's kind of tough as you know somebody Somebody like us, we want to go out there. We want to talk to people. We want to have fun. But you do want to get something out of it. And I th- sometimes it's hard to pin down exactly what that is. But I think I think for me, if, it feels like if, if we can have some nice creative content, you know, if, if we can interact with some of the great, you know, people. We're actually partnering up with uh, Burnt Finger Barbecue, so Jason and Megan yep. Day. Yep. And... Um, We'll be out there with them. Uh, by the way, it's 376. If anybody's listening, who's going to be out at American Royal. So come by and say hey. But uh, you were going to have a nice little setup, hopefully do some photos and video. Um, you know, I think there's just a chance you run into somebody and you have a conversation and maybe you capture that in the video. Maybe you just have a conversation that leads to something else down the road. Um, and then I think furthermore, it's just it's a great environment. It's fun to get out there and see what people are doing and just have a good time. Are you going to be at NBBQA this coming year? That's going to be in Kansas city in like uh, beginning of April, I think. Yes. In fact, yeah, you were out there. Didn't you go last year and do a live? That's live right. Feed? I was down uh, in March this year. We did three, three, three hour live shows uh, like Wednesday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, I will be in uh, Kansas city. This coming oh, that's cool. next MBBQA, well, so we'll be there if we don't. Uh, obviously, we won't see each other this coming weekend, but uh, next yeah. early next year we'll we'll be hooking up. Yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely be uh, we'll be there. And uh, last, so we were there two years ago 
down in Dallas. And then last year we had a huge push or just this last you know, May or May, April, we had a huge push on this product. So we, we didn't make it down, but uh, definitely we'll be part of that. That'll be, that'll be a great time. All right. What's the, uh, the spot you're going to be hanging out at again this weekend? 376. 376. So if you're going to be down at the American Royal, check them out. It's Ted Conrad with Fireboard. And uh, Ted, really enjoy catching up. And, of course, I appreciate the sponsorship of this show. So tell the gang I said hi and have fun this coming weekend. Will do. Thanks so much, Greg. It's you great got to it. be on. Happy to have you. There he is, Ted Conrad from Fireboard. Ooh. That's okay. For All Fireboard. guests appear via the Traeger Jeez. Grills hotline. Go. So if you are going to be at the American Royal this weekend, is this the third different date in as many years of the American Royal? 376, which also happens to be Burnt Finger, Jason and Megan Day. They created Bacon Explosion, baby, yeah? All right. Jason Cole coming up out of the break. I want to talk to you quickly about Cook Shack, makers of award-winning smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you do it in the backyard, on the competition circuit, in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, Two blogs, Smoke and Grilling 101's Video Cooking Classroom. Check out their website, cookshack.com, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Plus. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Morin. The FEC 100 and PG 1000, always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Yeah. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. And visit cookshack.com. Jason Cole coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, thanks again to Ted Conrad from Fireboard, fireboard.com, for joining me last segment. Past two weeks, we've been mentioning the new contest that will take place this coming February, being put on by the Kansas City Barbecue Society. KCBS World Invitational Barbecue Championship. Let's head to the Traeger Grills hotline and welcome in the organizer of the event, first timer to the show, Jason Cole, joining me. Jason, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Absolutely fabulous, Jason. Appreciate you making time for the show. Uh, Wanted to start out this segment first. I've asked every other guest here to do a quick recollection and or remembrance. Obviously, today, uh, 17 days uh, or 17 years to the day of uh, September 11th, 2001. So uh, what do you remember about uh, that day? And I guess, how do you see it 17 years later, Jason? Uh, That day, I just started a new job and I was um, sitting in my new boss's office and uh, just having someone walk by and say, you know, a plane hit the World Trade Center. And uh, we kind of abruptly ended our conversation and found a TV and uh, just was in disbelief of the, the things that happened the rest of the day. Um, I married into a military family, and it's um, yeah, I have a lot of respect for military and our police officers and our firefighters. And uh, it's it's a tough day in my, my wife's family. So um, there you go. 
Jason Cole joining me here on the show. The website, by the way, kcbs.us. That's the main website if you want to take a look at the event website, KCBS World Invitational BBQ.us, if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Uh, Jason, first time on the show here, so if you don't mind giving us a quick background about you, maybe what you do professionally and uh, how you got in this whole barbecue deal. Sure. So um, professionally, I, I do sales. I work for a packaging company, and um, I sell companies, boxes, displays, all that kind of stuff like that. Got into cooking competition barbecue a long, long time ago. It was me and my oldest brother. We, you know, had a, a disagreement who was a better cook, and we decided <laughs> we'd enter a contest in a, a, the local town that I lived in. And from there, it just kind of grew, and we really became serious about it in probably 2011, 2012. We started doing you know more than one competition a year. And um, just kind of grown from there, and it's it's been a fun ride. I made a lot of great friendships over the years. Um, so that, that's what I really enjoy most about going to competitions is, yeah, we all want to get calls, but you know, just to hang out with your barbecue families is really cool. You like it enough to want to get on the board, which continues to seem to be a thankless job uh, by and large. <laughs> yeah, they uh, a friend of mine nominated me for the board uh, as a as a joke, quite frankly, and. The more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I'd like to leave a mark. I'd like to uh, say I did all I could for, you know, this crazy hobby sport that we do. So uh, it's been some ups and downs, but um, overall it's been a good experience. So let's talk about the KCBS World Invitational Barbecue Championship, Jason. You know, first and foremost, KCBS has always been in the business of sanctioning contests, not putting them on. Was KCBS tired of being just the rules keeper and now they want to be associated with both sides of the event? Is it a revenue generator now that they're looking at? What's the idea behind getting away from just being the sanctioning body? Well, first, this is not a new idea. This idea has been floated around for, gosh, a long time. Sure. And for some reason or another, this it's never taking traction. So, you know, I got elected, as you, as you mentioned, the, uh, since I'm in sales, they put me in the marketing committee. Uh, I have a really strong marketing committee, uh, and one of the guys on the committee is David Stidham. He was the vice president of marketing for Culver's. It's a burger joint. They've got a lot of locations. He ended up leaving there, opening his own restaurant, a fine swan up in uh, Illinois. And uh, he called me one day, and he had this idea. Again, not a new idea, but he had an idea, and it kind of grew from there. Um, this is not uh, – you said something about generating revenue. This is not – a fundraiser for KCBS. Um, this is just something we want to do for our membership. Um, we want to celebrate our champions. This is uh, the only contest that KCBS has any interest in, in sanctioning and organizing. Uh, so this is that's as far as the organizing will go with KCBS. But that wouldn't be like a, a bad thing. Like if I mean, you're allowed to make money, right? If you wanted to do that, sure. I mean, but sure. I mean, that, that's not a bad thing. But you know, the the idea is that we want to. If we can, we want to up the pot as much as possible. Uh, we, you know, the idea is not to lose money, uh, but if we are able to make some money and put it into the uh, the scholarships that we give out every year, that's great. Or if it's uh, if we're able to put it back into the pot, that's always good too. If somebody looks at it and they're reading how you qualify, and you know some of these other things that we'll get into here in just a second, is it fair to say that this has an American Royal Invitational feel to it to some degree? Uh, for some degree, it's a little different. You know, the American Royal invites, um, gosh, there's so many sanctioning bodies that are invited to the American Royal. You know, they're, they're, they're who they invite. If you're a sanctioning body that puts on 10 contests and has a board and all these other little, little caveats, and you win a contest and you're, you're invited, uh, this is strictly for KCBS members. Um, it's, you know, reserves and grands and, uh, with American Royal, if you win a grand, you're in. The end. This, this will be the most accessible invitational there is. It's more accessible than a Jack. It's more accessible than the, the Royal. Um, so there are some similarities, sure, but uh, it's a little bit different. All right, so let's talk about qualifying. We're talking with Jason Cole. Uh, he's uh, the event organizer here for the KCBS World Championship Invitational Barbecue that's going to be taking place this coming February. We'll get to the dates here in just a second. Uh, there may or may not be a little confusion on my part, so what better way than just to ask you and you can give me the uh, yes or no. First and foremost, you have to be a KCBS member, correct? Correct. How come that's not You have a, to be a KCBS member and in good standing, so you have to be current on your dues. How come that's not a requirement for every other 
contest that KCBS puts on. Why shouldn't there? Why shouldn't if you're going to cook a KCBS contest that you have to be a member? I mean, that's pretty reasonable, right? Well, there is a lot of talk about that. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's been proposals, and you probably you may or may not see any bullshit about uh, offering a free membership, um, and, and then I having the paid membership. But uh, I think there's a, a there's a lot of momentum behind the idea that you know you should be a KCBS member to cook a, a KCBS contest. I mean, I'm I'm not a KCBS member because I don't cook contests, but I would imagine the easiest way to support a sanctioning body that you might believe in is, I mean, what are dues or, or a membership cost? 35 bucks or 50 bucks? It's like 35. I think it's actually $40 to be yeah. a full membership. I mean, come on, yeah. bone out, 40 bucks. Come on, do it. Uh, you qualify if you win a grand championship or reserve grand championship 2018 calendar year, correct? Correct, correct. You can also so, qualify. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that you know the the year end for KCBS is somewhere around December 15th or so, December 20th, and that's the last contest that counts for points. So that's when the cutoff would be. All right. So GC RGC in that regard, you can also qualify if you are a team who finishes in the top 125 team of the year points in 2018. Also, is that correct? That is correct. All right. So, with that being said, location, Little Rock, Arkansas, how do we come up with Little Rock versus any other place like Cleveland, Ohio on the market? Well, I'll start at the beginning. Best place to start, I guess. Uh, So, Dave and I had this idea. He brought the idea to me. We worked on it for about, I know, five or six weeks, massaged it, developed it, Uh, went to the board. We talked about it. Uh, something I asked them if they wanted to move forward with it or just squash the whole idea altogether. Overwhelmingly, everyone said, hey, we need some more research. We need more homework. Uh, but they all loved the idea. Um, so we went back to the drawing board. And, you know, some of the suggestions they had on the, from the board was, you know, what time of year would you do it mm-hmm. and where would you have it? So we really started diving deep into what time of year because that would dictate where we're going to do it. So we looked, uh, you know, middle of the year, later in the year, first of the year, and there's reasons. Middle of the year, it's it's hard to pick a, a weekend and not step on a contest, uh, and that's that's not fair to the organizer of that contest because sure. they work hard to, you know, build their contest up and uh, put on a good contest. And it would be it wouldn't be right for us to come in and just step on them and, you know, potentially really hurt their contest and make it not where they could do it. Later in the year. You know, you start running into conflicts with the Jack. You start running into conflicts with the Royal. And by no means do we want someone to have to pick between going to our event or the Jack or the Royal. So, uh, again, there's also so many contests and later in the year as well. So it's really hard to pick a weekend. So we really started focusing on the first, first part of the year, January, February, March. March, there are a lot of big contests in March and April and May. So we really, we really boiled it down to January and February. And the more we looked at it, uh, February made sense. Um, you know, it's there's not that many contests in February, so we're not really going to be stepping on anybody's toes. Um, and the weather is is not bad, you know, considering where you're going to go in the country. So we had a list of criteria of what we wanted to find in a location. So we start. We decided we wanted to stay in the Sun Belt region, which, for those who don't know, the Sun Belt region would be like Florida, Alabama, uh, you know, Mississippi. Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, you know, we want to kind of stay below a certain line because the weather is better below that line than above that line. Um, so we started looking at within each state, we started looking at cities within the state of things to do. Uh, if they had a facility, we need a large facility because it's going to be a large footprint because mm-hmm. uh, we were, we're hoping to get at least 150 teams. could be a potential as more as 200 teams. So we need a facility that has the power, has the water, has all the amenities you need for put on a, a class act contest. And as we found the cities and found the locations, we started researching those locations and talking to them, what they have, what they don't have. And we started out with, gosh, uh, probably 10 or more locations that we really thought that could, could hold the event. And as we talked to them, we started marking them off and we ended up with four locations that we really liked. Um, so one day I met Dave in Memphis, Tennessee and, uh, we loaded in the car and just did a road trip, uh, drove to the locations we talked about, sat down with them, toured the facilities, um, heard their pitches, 
um, just really had a lot of questions for him. And then we came back and after all doing all that, uh, we felt the best location for this event was Little Rock, Arkansas. It's an amazing facility. It's a huge footprint. It's room for us to grow. Um, they have the power, they have the water. It's really centralized to the country. So people coming from, you know, the West or the, or the East or the North or the South, it's, it's easier to get to. Um, and we even took a step further. So once we decided on Little Rock, uh, we called some teams we knew in Michigan and Wisconsin and South Dakota, West Virginia, the Carolinas and Florida, and just pitched the idea to them. Hey, if we were to do this, would you be interested in going? And overwhelmingly, everyone we talked to said, if you put it on, we'll be there. So we felt more comfortable about the location. Now it is February. You know, weather's always a concern. Um, but, you know, we looked at the at every location. We looked at the five-year, the 10-year, and the historical data of their weather. And Little Rock uh, was better than some cities. Obviously, it's not as nice as Orlando, Florida. But uh, it made more sense to do it in Little Rock than Orlando, Florida. This year, giving example, Little Rock's the weather in that that weekend we're looking at was sixty degrees. It was high sixty, the lows were in the you know mid to mid thirties to uh, low forties. So they have one rainy one one uh, day of snow a year or one day of snow that month, and they typically have about fifteen days of rain. So we felt pretty comfortable that you know given all those factors that we felt this was the best location to do it. Uh, and it would reach the majority of base of our of our membership. And you and you guys felt confident. I mean, it's easy to get a hold of teams that are kind of in, in, in armpits of the country given that time of year. I live in that armpit of the country. You know, February, it seems mm-hmm. like winter here is six and seven months out of the year for some reason, yeah. or you can't ever oh, get yeah. out of the cold. So if you ask me and you know, when it's warm out if I'm gonna travel, I mean it's always easy to say yes. If you ask me in February in the teeth of winter, uh, I wonder if what they're telling you now might be a little bit different. Then are are you still hedging that you might have a little attrition at that point, depending on how bad the weather is across the country? Well, we understand that not everyone can make it. And I, I, I think that I'd say that up front. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at the, the teams that will qualify that could come to this event, because uh, we're, we're inviting international teams as well. So, you know, if you add international teams and domestic teams, we're looking around 400 teams that qualify to come to this event. So our first year, what we based all our numbers off of was have a 50% participation rate. So we would love to have 150, 175, 200 teams. And, and the teams that we mentioned earlier, um, and the, the, the comments we got from them was, hey, if I've got to borrow somebody's trailer, borrow somebody's smoker, you know, I'm there. It's not just the money's great. You know, it, the money's on par with American World Open. It's more than a jack. And, and we, if you want to go to the website and look, we actually increased our our payout because we felt like we should pay out top 10 uh, overall as we're paying 10 deep in each category, but we should pay top 10 overall as well. But uh, everyone we talked to, um, they said they would come not just for the money, but this is the prestige of it. It's, you know, it's the world invitation for KCBS. This is the first time that they've really put on a contest, uh, organized their own contest. Uh, so they want to be at that contest. They want to be one of the first people there. They want to be the one of the first people who wins it, you know, hopefully. We feel pretty good. Who's stepped up from a sponsorship standpoint to help you out with this? We're still talking to sponsors. Um, you know, I, I, Randall Bowman's handing all the sponsorship, um, and we got a, my marketing community is, is handling sponsorships as well. But uh, we're still working on the sponsorships, but we're moving forward. We feel pretty good that we won't have a problem, and we're looking forward to February. What kind of a prize purse are you looking at? And, and I guess most importantly, what do you pay out if you win overall? It's listed on the website. People can check it out. But uh, overall, grand champion seventy five hundred dollars, and it goes down from there. Uh, each category winner, I think it's a thousand dollars off the top of my head. Um, and we're paying top ten, like I said, overall. And we're going to give out ribbons and trophies to down to the top twenty. At this point, this seems to be a location that you would be at February this coming year, and then five and potentially ten years down the road. Or would you be open if it really starts to steamroll to Look and somebody else approached you that you would look at uh, potentially moving if all things fit. Yeah, this is the deal we have with Little Rock is a one year deal. Um, so you know we have all intentions of this thing going off great, and if it goes off great, uh, we keep it in Little Rock. But it, you know if it doesn't go off that well, the weather is bad, then we can always readjust. 
uh, where we have it at, but uh, we're not locked into Little Rock for an extended period of time. Uh, Jason Cole is joining me here on the show, and he is putting on the KCBS World Invitational Barbecue Championship, and the website again is KCBS World Invitational BBQ.us. Uh, Jason, if anybody has any questions or they want to contact you, what's the easiest way to get at you? Uh, just email me at jcole at uh, kcbs.us, and uh, I'll be more happy to answer. Uh, and then uh, it's February 8th and 9th, correct? Yeah, February 8th and 9th. Um, working out all the details out, but we, you know, we plan to have some welcome parties, and we're doing a steak event on that Friday night. It's uh, going to be a National Grilling Series event. Uh, Kids Q, we're doing a sauce competition, dessert competition, the whole nine. February 8th and 9th, coming up, it's the KCBS World Invitational Barbecue Championship. I'm talking with Jason Cole. Jason, really appreciate you breaking it down with me tonight. Thanks so much for doing it. Not a problem. Anytime. There he is, Jason Cole. Yeah. Here we go. Guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. I'm reading it for crying out loud, and I still can't push it. Reading it correctly, and I'm still pushing it wrong. That's Jason Cole, and we're talking about the KCBS World Invitational Barbecue Championship, which if you ask Tennessee correspondent Steve Ray, it's not, it's not. Andrew, you are not. It's not an invitational, it's a national qualifier. You have to win a grand championship or an RGC or finish top 125 in KCBS overall team of the year standings at the end of this year. That's how you qualify, not get an invite. That's according to Steve. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Three different sizes to choose from if you're looking for something to take to those tailgates like Meathead and I were talking about in the first hour. Davy Crockett is the one that you're going to want to look at. You're not sacrificing a ton of capacity for portability if you don't have access to a traditional power outlet and you have a 12-volt outlet in your car, truck, van, or SUV. Your luck, you can use it and away you go. If you want something you can put on the patio or the back deck, Daniel Boone and Jim Bowie are the ones you're going to want to take a look at. Daniel Boone, midsize. Jim Bowie, that's the big daddy. Both accommodate a tremendous amount of food. Very easy to use, set in five-degree increments. And you're off and running for that slow smoking or indirect, getting all the way up to grilling temperature, 500 degrees. If you are seeing your way fit to do steaks, burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs and other type of grilling meats, you can do it right there on the Green Mountain Grill. Or maybe it's pizza party time coming up this weekend and you have no options. Ha ha, poppycock. Head on over to Amazon or your nearest Green Mountain Grill dealer and inquire about the pizza oven insert. Rip the guts out of the Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie. Drop the pizza oven insert in there. And now you have a high heat oven pizza insert. Did I say that right? You have a high heat pizza oven insert. I said that right. Set your cooker at one temperature, let's say 355 degrees, then roughly double it. That's what temperature that oven is at. 700 degrees if you're at 350. 1,000 degrees if you're at 500. I don't like to cook that high. That's just me. Maybe you're different. All you have to do is go to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And away you go. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpey. And we're being brought to you by the National Barbecue News, dedicated to all things barbecue. The goal is to introduce new people to barbecue worlds while keeping the barbecue enthusiast and professional informed on all current happenings in and around barbecue nation. They obtain this goal by offering timely news stories, new product reviews, barbecue event calendars, and unique recipes inside their printed products, websites, social media pages, emails, and newsletters. Subscribe now by going to barbecuenews.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, barbecuenews.com. All right. 
All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Please note that this is the very first show that I didn't say the other part when I say Meathead. Congratulations to me. I tried very, very hard. Many different sticky notes all around that you can't see. I did it. Congrats to me. And thanks to Meathead, AmazingRibs.com. Don't forget, check out the Pitmasters Club, 24 bucks for the year. Click on that Pitmaster Club info tab at the top of AmazingRibs.com and check it out and then see if it's for you. In the second hour, we talked with Ted Conrad, founder of Fireboard. Fireboard.com is the place to go if you're going to be at the American Royal Invitational and Open this coming weekend. Booth 376 is where he'll be hanging out the majority of the time with Jason and Megan Day from Bird Finger Barbecue. And we close it out with Jason Cole from the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Cole at kcbs.us, his email address if you have any questions about the KCBS World Invitational Barbecue Championship. That's taking place this coming February 8th and the 9th. We'll continue to follow up on that. Big show planned for you next week. Really excited. The likes of Stephen Reichlin will be in, amongst the many others. An American Royal Invitational winner interview is promised. That could be Chad Ward, by the way. Just putting it out there. Especially tonight. Especially tonight. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until we meet again next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe, saying goodnight.